This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. We are entering the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and can you believe it? We are into the month of September. It's Labor Day weekend. Wow, how did that happen? But we are going to enter into, I wanted to open and close today with a prayer, one for students and one for our teachers. Those of you who might have students at home, whether you're sending them in for the very first year, you know, as kindergarten, preschool, or middle school, high school, college age. I know a couple of my friends are now empty nesters as their sons are now off to college. And so it's a different season for many of us. And really all of us are students. If we really take our lives seriously in studying the word of God, studying and and learning more about God's presence in our lives, we're all students. So let's begin with the student's prayer. I found this one in one of my booklets from uh, the St. Anthony Treasury of Prayers. And I thought, is there something for, for students and Here we go. So let's begin with this student's prayer, asking for the intercession of St. Anthony of Padua. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Anthony, you were famous for your academic knowledge and your Christian wisdom. I ask for your heavenly guidance and assistance with my studies. You know how important it is for my future that I do well in school. Ask God to bless me with the motivation and determination to work at my assignments consistently, the intelligence to understand all that I am being taught, and the gift of a good memory to remember and apply all that I have learned. With your heavenly aid, may I successfully accomplish and complete my studies so I can be of help and service to others and fulfill my true purpose and mission in this life as God directs me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Anthony, pray for us. You know, wouldn't we like to have a good memory to really remember uh, the prayers that we pray, the intentions that we have to remember God's love in those times when we are tempted to go on a different path, maybe that rockier path, that darker path, the easier path, to go in life, that we would remember and have the wisdom to follow God's will. And we're going to hear more about wisdom as we get into today's readings. 
Again, we're in the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our first reading comes from the Book of Wisdom. We heard a bit about wisdom last week, and this week we hear a bit of Solomon's Prayer. And here it is, Wisdom Chapter 9. Who can know God's counsel, or who can conceive what the Lord intends? For the deliberations of mortals are timid, and unsure are our plans." For the corruptible body burdens the soul, and the earthen shelter weighs down the mind that has many concerns. And scarce do we guess the things on earth, and what is within our grasp we find with difficulty. But when things are in heaven, who can search them out? Or who ever knew your counsel, except you had given wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from on high? And thus were the paths of those on earth made straight. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm is Psalm 90. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You turn man back to dust, saying, Return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are as yesterday, now that it is past, or as a watch of the night. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You make an end of them in their sleep. The next morning they are like changing grass, which at dawn springs up anew, but by evening wilts and fades. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Fill us at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shout for joy with gladness all our days. And may the gracious care of the Lord our God be ours. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. The second reading is a letter from St. Paul to Philemon. I, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for Christ Jesus, urge you on behalf of my child Onesimus, whose father I have become in my imprisonment. I am sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I should have liked to retain him for myself, so that he might serve me on your behalf in my imprisonment for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that the good you do might not be forced but voluntary. Perhaps this is why he was away for you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a brother, beloved especially to me but even more so to you as a man and in the Lord. So if you regard me as a partner, welcome him as you would me. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 14. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. 
whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king, marching into battle, would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we, hear, we have here again Jesus on the road to Jerusalem in the gospel reading and this sense of his message to the people and different groups of people he's talking to about the cost of discipleship and what it means to be in the kingdom of God. But first, I want to go back to the book of Wisdom and I want to share with you just a little bit, if you go back and read in the book of Wisdom to the very beginning of that chapter nine, and this again is entitled, the chapter is entitled Solomon's Prayer. So Solomon was a great king, one of the greatest kings, and the beginning of this chapter, I think it helps to bring the whole verse that we hear in today's lectionary it, it makes it come to life because this is Solomon's words to the Lord. And he begins the chapter nine or this prayer with these words. And, and I'm just going to read like verses one through six before we come into the scriptures proclaimed today and hear the heart of King Solomon. God of my fathers, Lord of mercy, you who have made all things by your word, listen to his recognition of the greatness of God. And in your wisdom have established man to rule the creatures produced by you. He recognizes the role of the creator and him being created, that there's a, there's a hierarchy, right? The Lord created us, and then we're going to do these works, but it's all under the Lord's will. To govern the world in holiness and justice, and to render judgment in integrity of heart, Beautiful words from this king. Give me wisdom, the attendant at your throne, and reject me not from among your children. For I am your servant, the son of your handmaid, a man weak and short-lived and lacking in comprehension of judgment and of laws. And then the verse and the chapter continues with Solomon recognizing that what he needs most of all to be a king, to be a man, is to be with God's wisdom, to receive the gift of wisdom. It's not something that he can conquer. And we see in those prominent figures of today or of in past ages, many men and women who have this great power, whether it's a kingdom or a government or a business or an organization where they have this influence, where did they get the influence? And is it their influence or do they recognize 
God's great creation and God's power, that all of what we have is only by the grace of God. And Solomon has such a humility. And, and last week, of course, we heard much about humility and Jesus's speaking to the people, talking about, you know, the one who wants to assert himself at the front of the banquet will be humbled, you know, so sit, sit back, not think of yourself less, think less of yourself and more of others. And so Solomon in this beautiful prayer in the book of wisdom is reminding us of God's wisdom and God's counsel that we need this. We can't live without it. And when we do, we live apart from God. And he even recalls, obviously, his weakness. You know, he's only here for a flash of time, and he recognizes the eternalness of God, who is beyond time and space. And so we would do well to follow in Solomon's footsteps of praying for wisdom and being reminded that all of what we have, the talents, the insights, the maybe material possessions, come from the gifts of God. In the second reading, the letter of Paul to Philemon, it's a really short, in fact, I believe it is the, the shortest book. It's just one chapter, and it's this little letter that Paul writes. And I think what I get out of this story, Onesimus was a servant to this Philemon. And a little bit about what I've heard about Philemon. He was a very wealthy and affluent person, similar to Solomon in this great, having great wealth. And he became a Christian and actually used his resources to bring the Christians together, to come together for worship and to read the scriptures. And so there was a great conversion due to the influence of St. Paul in this Philemon's life. And then this Onesimus, uh, apparently he did some things, maybe he stole, maybe he lied. He did something that got him into jail and turned and got him into prison with Paul. And eventually he comes to know Paul and somehow Paul, probably because he was so concerned about this man's soul and wanting to bring Jesus to him. This is what Paul does, no matter where he is, if he's on a ship, if he's in prison, wherever he is, he's going to bring people to Christ. And so he speaks to Onesimus. He learns about this connection with his friend Philemon. So he's writing this letter to Philemon saying, I'm going to send you Onesimus back because at some point Onesimus comes to know Christ through the intercession of St. Paul, through the interaction with Paul in prison. So we have to I, I maybe assume uh, and infer that there was this reconciliation. There was this time of renouncing his sins uh, on behalf of Onesimus, and he's going to go back to his master, but in a different way. And I think this is the beauty about St. Paul is reminding us that when we make a conversion, when we have a conversion with Christ, we have a relationship now in a new way with Christ and that we will be welcomed as part of Christ's family, as part of Christ's children, his own inheritance. And so it's an inspiration or a call to all of us that have gone the wrong way a little bit or maybe a, a lot to come back into the fold 
And we have the sacrament of reconciliation, of confession, to, to make that turn back into the heart of the Lord, as Onesimus did. And the invitation of Paul to Philemon, a new Christian, is to welcome, to not hold grudges, to not judge, that that's the Lord's work. But here's this man, bring him back into your home and treat him as now a man. As, as an equal, as a another brother in Christ. And we hear from the, we're going to continue in this Gospel of Luke. We've heard from chapter 13, chapter 14. We skipped a little section in Luke chapter 14, but we hear here the word disciple three times. Uh, here it is that Jesus is traveling with crowds of people. See, they're following this man, Jesus, are they a fan of Jesus because they saw or heard of all of these miracles? He turned water to wine. He uh, multiplied uh, loaves and fishes. He has healed people, brought people back from the dead. Why are these crowds following Jesus? Is it just because they want to get in on something good at the moment? Or do they seek something greater? the kingdom of God. We don't know their intentions, but they're following. And so Jesus is reminding the people there's a cost to discipleship. And he, and he says, now these are the words that are translated. So we can't look at scripture on the surface and go, oh, these are the words and this is how I know the definitions of them. We can't fall into that trap. But Jesus says, if anyone uh, comes to me without hating his mother, father, goes through all of the different relationships we may have. And even his own life, he cannot be his disciple. So there's the first reference to being a disciple. You need to have no other relationship before God. And this is one of the, the commandments, to have no other uh, God above God, to not put any other relationship above your relationship with God. Your relationship with God directs your life and will, in effect, bless those relationships, mother, father, brother, sister, wife, husband, etc. But we need to begin with that discipleship. And that is a focus that's an eyes on Christ. And Jesus goes even deeper and says, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's the second time Jesus talks about being a disciple, not just being a fan because fans go into the stadium and then they leave and go home. But a follower makes a sacrifice. A follower lets go of his own or her own devices and follows the master, and becomes more like the master. <laughs> We've just been watching the Star Wars movies, and, and I like the original trilogy with Luke and Leia and Han Solo, but I think about Luke and, and, and Yoda, and you know Luke still was holding on to his own way of, of handling things, of figuring out things. You know, he, he, he just kept holding on when Yoda was pushing him to, to let go of and to follow the master. But how so much more are we invited to let go of it's going to cost something. It's not going to be easy. In fact, it's going to be difficult. 
And so you must carry your cross. You have a responsibility. You're going to have work to do. It's not just following along in the crowd. So Jesus is really making it clear that you have a responsibility. You need to take risks. You need to make a choice in this act of discipleship. Focusing on me first and carrying your cross, carrying the burdens. Now we'll also hear about giving those burdens over to the Lord, but we have to put ourselves in a hundred percent. And at the close of this small parable, he says, and he lists out a couple of different um, examples. Anyone who does not renounce all of his possessions cannot be my disciple. There's going to be a sacrifice. There's a need of letting it all go and, and completely depending upon God. That's where we get the sense of surrender, of renouncing all the possessions. Now, do we own possessions? Certainly we do. Do they help us navigate through life? Yes. But are they more important than God? That's the question. Do I value my home, my car, my computer, my books, my food, my refrigerator, my washer and dryer? Do I value those above my place of God in life? See, Jesus is really pushing us to really see where our focus is. Do we have all, are we all in? You know, this is really it. Are we all in? And in this time of going back to school and, and I live in a smaller town. And so it's really big Friday night football games of all the local high schools. You know, it's a big deal to kind of come together as community and cheer on your team. Yeah, but God is calling us beyond that. We are called to have our skin in the game. We need to turn it all over to the Lord and follow him. Carry our cross and come after the Lord. That is what it means to be a disciple in Christ. And I want to close this time to pray for our teachers. And I want to pray for all of you, all of us. We're all teachers in how we live our lives is teaching others a particular way of life. And so those of you who are formal teachers in our schools, God bless you. Those of you who are parents with children in your home, God bless you. But we're all teachers in a particular way. Let's offer this teacher's prayer to close today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. I want to teach my children, I want to teach my students how to live this life on earth, to face its struggles and its strife, and improve their worth. Not just the lesson in a book or how the rivers flow, but how to choose the proper path wherever they may go to understand eternal truth and know right from wrong and gather all the beauty of a flower and a song. For if I help the world to grow in wisdom and in grace, then I shall feel that I have won and I have filled my place. And so I ask your guidance, God, that I may do my part for character and confidence and happiness of heart. Amen. A teacher's prayer. God bless you. Have a wonderful Labor Day. Look forward to talking with you again next week on Faith Moments. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. 
New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.